Big thank you to our newest supporter, Ultimate Direction. Excited to use their packs throughout all of 2019. Excited to tell you, you know, what pack I really like and what I'm using throughout the year. Big thank you to Destination Trail. Really like what they're doing, Candace Burt and her team. Enjoyed their Moab 240 race. I'm going to do the triple here soon, but they have a variety of races that you guys definitely need to check out if you have some free time. Big thank you to Exoskin. I was blown away at, at the product. Their socks and their calf sleeves and their base layers that I used at Moab 240. I mean, you read on their website and they have this technology called Rapid Dry Copper, and they utilize this copper fiber within their seamless um, knitted technology. And like, I really didn't think much of it. The socks were a little thin, you know, I was hesitant. And then I tried them out and I didn't have blisters after 242 miles in the desert. Um, I can't promise you, you'll have the, uh, you know, the same exact results, but I definitely think you need to try them out if, if you haven't already. Um, reduces odor and uh, I've just definitely noticed the reduced chafing and blistering and when you get the product if you buy like a base layer shirt or whatever it is um, you'll just notice this is like not only high tech but it just feels high quality um, so yeah I, I definitely I'm excited to have Exoskin on board not only because you know they're supporting me and, and you know I get to wear their gear throughout the year but um, because I, I believe in them myself. I mean, I, I truly think this is um, a high-quality product. And, I mean, Exoskin, along with my other title sponsors, I mean, I utilize all their products myself. And um, if you want to give Exoskin a try, feel free to use my promo code T, the number 4U20, for 20% off your order. Thank you to Exoskin. Big thank you to Hammer Nutrition. I know I'll be using... A lot of their gels and Perpetuum and Recoverite throughout 2019. Also their Fizz. Um, I, I just use it basically on every run. I think practicing nutrition like on those long runs is just a necessity. So get your stomach in shape to actually do an ultra. Um, practice that regimen of, of putting in calories every 15 minutes or whatever it is for, um, for your race. You know, practice staying hydrated and drinking constantly and balancing electrolytes so i'll definitely be using their fuels in recovery and i think their supplements are awesome underreported i don't think they really advertise much but highly highly recommend their daily essentials i use them every day they're just some of the highest quality um products available and you actually know you know where your vitamins are being sourced from which is kind of a big deal and yeah if you haven't tried hammer feel free to use my promo code it is 25 28 88 and you'll save 15% off your first order. Big thank you to Hammer. Maggie Gutero and I were joking around on Instagram. I think she posted, like, I don't know, it was an update on how amazing the soup turned out that she had made. And we got we got to joking back and forth, and she's, she's just a hilarious person. Like, I hope it got captured at all in this episode. So if you're sick of soup by the end of it, I, I totally get it. That's cool. Um, but we had to talk about it because it was the reason why we even first started talking. Um, and I was like, you have to be on this show. Like, you're too funny. Like, it's just too hilarious, um, the back and forth. So it was, it's a fun episode. I really enjoyed it. And then at the end, it turned into actually something creative. Um, she's Maggie's trying to raise money for 
run for water and i believe we hatched an idea i'll, I'll save it i'm not going to ruin it for you but um the show notes will have a link to the the bids that are due i believe on the end it's coming up really soon i think it's end of the day saturday it might be sunday um but definitely get your bid in now if if you're interested um but yeah i just enjoyed the episode and i look forward to having her on as um as a co-host potentially so enjoy the episode big thank you to the patreon supporters i'm enjoying facebook behind the scenes in our in our private group you know we did a virtual group run and everyone posted like you know how theirs went and i'm just finding motivation from you guys i don't know if you realize it i know the objective is for me to motivate you but you know every every instagram update i see every facebook post like i i get a lot of motivation from you guys so i truly appreciate it welcome to training for ultra the podcast hi welcome to episode 74 of talk soup just kidding training for ultra podcast and i'm maggie turtle talking to rob today I'm joined here by Maggie Guterrell. She's an elite ultra runner, super fast, fun person. Maggie, thanks for joining me on the podcast. You nailed my last name. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is the first time her last name's ever been pronounced correctly on any <laughs> any podcast available. Um, How many family members say it differently, too? It depends on, I don't know, they'll change it slightly. So no it's kidding. up to interpretation. Yeah, like... But just a little emphasis on the last part or whatever so it's okay well, we um initially i mean we were joking because i think you did an instagram stories on soup and i was just like dang that <laughs> actually looks really good and then our conversation went sideways and we had some good laughs but um tell me about the soup you were making <laughs> well i don't i don't know i kind of just invent things and um so, you know, I make things. It's not an involved recipe. But I got Shalene Flanagan's cookbook, and right. I've been making things out of that. And so I made the superfood soup from that book. Uh, it's like the second one, I think, Run Fast, Eat Slow, Cook Fast or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I made the superfood soup, and it came out really good, and I was, like, super proud of myself. And it's so easy. You think it's going to be all involved. Um, and it's seriously one of the best soups I made. Um, but it's funny because it's the last thing I ate before I got this really bad stomach bug and it wasn't from the soup, but yeah. now like I want to like it and I, there's more in the freezer, but I can't bring myself to eat it. And then yesterday my boyfriend ate leftovers. He's had many, many like portions after that, but then that was the last thing he ate before he got sick. Cause he has what I had. Um, so I don't know if I'll be making the superfood soup for a while, <laughs> but it wasn't the soup. <laughs> It's definitely oh, some kind of virus, so I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, you got to be pretty proud of your soup to to put it on stories. I mean, it has to be. I, I was. It has to be like a really good batch. Yeah. Um, I don't know people have everything on Instagram, so do you really have to be all that proud? <laughs> That's true. I mean, honestly, to try to make this somewhat relevant, I love soup at ultras. I'm like, honestly. If it's cold in the later hours of an ultra, I'll just like run just for soup. Like yeah. aid station to aid station. 
because they have soup. I mean, is that similar for you? You you do ultras that are, are pretty long these days. Yeah, well, do you ever forget about the existence of soup and then get to an aid station and realize that soup exists and you're like, it's the greatest discovery in the world? <laughs> like, I, I was like doing, I was at Desert Solstice and it's soup is always like broth and noodles, you know, is always in my menu for ultras that are long. And I'm like, why is not what is, what do I usually eat? Like, no, yeah, I just, nothing sounds good. And Pam Smith was crewing me. She's like, what? She's naming things. She's like, soup. And I was like, soup <laughs> yes i like completely forgot about it. it was so salty it's like the best food because you get the noodles and like it's just pure energy and the salt it's so good yeah i i totally agree i mean it fixed some of my my running problems because it was dehydration related and i only made that connection after <clears throat> i think it was like mile 50 55 at run rabbit run after you come out of Olymp- i think it's like olympus or olympic and you do that mm-hmm. giant climb at night well, for yeah. slow, regular runners. Um, yeah, but having having soup at that aid station just totally flipped things around and um, changed my race. I didn't end up finishing anyways, but... Um, That's a hard race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, let's, let's take a step back and, and kind of... Have you always been a runner? Have you... Oh, uh, I mean, no. I mean... You know, did you run in high school? Were you on like the cross country team? Um, track team? N- no, I mean, I was in grade school, like, I always just ran for all the sports I did, and I did track. Um, but cross country seemed too long, <laughs> yeah. And um, I liked sprinting more, it was more fun to me. And then high school, I was on the track team in like freshman year, and then I quit, and I was like, ah, so and then I went to art school, so we didn't even have like any of that. Uh, so, but I mean, I feel like I always think about how I, in retrospect, I was like, oh, I really loved running. I just didn't know it. Or, you know, mm-hmm. like I remember our coach for volleyball would make us run and the, the, he would always run out front with me and like try to push me and, and like, we'd do like a long, I don't know how long we ran, but, um, and then, you know, in college I would always run on the treadmill at our school gym and, then I got into running with my friend over the Brooklyn Bridge and back. Um, and so it was like always just kind of part of my life, but like in and out and not like that serious. Where where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Okay. And yeah. So you went to... Uh, I went to school in Brooklyn, New York at Pratt Institute. I went to an art school there. Very cool. Uh, yeah. Man. Yeah, so the, so, the, uh, I think our boys basketball team played like the local high schools so that's like how serious sports were at our school (laughs) (laughs) it's like a fun team i don't know were you into painting or like what what medium yeah i went i changed my major a bunch but i ended up in children well illustration was my major and i wanted to do children's book illustration um so i liked yeah i liked working with paint like i liked color i didn't like i wasn't i feel like you have to be super skilled and uh at drawing to, to be able to just work with like, you know, just pen and ink, you know, or pencil. I just, yeah. I like adding color. I, I've <laughs> done some abstract, uh, oil painting before. So oils are really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And they take forever to dry if you don't get like the linseed oil. Uh, um, yeah. so where does running pop up? I mean, like you're, 
you're in college, it sounds like, and you're running across the Brooklyn uh, Bridge occasionally, yeah, I mean, or like when when does your first? I assume you did a half to start or a marathon. Yeah, well, I guess in and out after 2007, when me and my friend were decided we're going to run the Broad Street Run. It's a 10 miler in Philly. It's a huge one. It's like 40,000 people run it. It's been going on for a long time. And it's point to point. So you kind of run from North Philly down to the Navy Yard in South Philly. It's like a big thing in May. And it seemed really far to me, but it seemed like a good place to start, like, you know, more than a 5K or 10K. And so we trained for that. And I think I did most of my training on the treadmill at the Y. And this is when I lived in Philly. Um, And then I ran the race and I was like, this is awesome. And it's definitely where I fell in love with running, but I didn't keep I didn't keep a focus on it and until like 2009 um, when I ran my first marathon. So I kind of like stopped training and, you know, lost lost sight of like how much I loved running for a couple of years and then came back to it in 2009. Um, and then I, then I was hooked after that and then eventually signed up for uh, my first ultra in 2011 i would have done it earlier but people talked me out of it and i didn't have any running friends uh ultra running friends um and i mean i knew it existed but i didn't really know anyone um and actually training for my first one i knew that my friend from first grade's husband was an ultra runner so i was like can i talk to him (laughs) his name's jason eads um and he like helped me i just asked him a million questions about my first what should I do? Like, what should I eat? All this stuff. I do nothing. <laughs> That's oh. how I tracked down my my uh, advisor for the first one. We, we've all been there. That's, I mean, honestly, that's why I'm trying to do this. Because it's such an awkward feeling when you don't know anyone that's even training for a half marathon. Yeah. And, like, only the crazies would train for a marathon. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that, like, literally, there's no one in your community, like, a lot of times. Um well, it's funny that we have the internet, but even in 2011, like, there's not a ton of stuff on there that was like, I mean, there was, but, you, you know, you could find that there was like one training plan that you could find that was like for 50K, 100K. Um, now there's like books and books and books, but like, it's just the amount of information in the last 10 years or something is like crazy it's exploded yeah the whole sports exploded which is wonderful um yeah how many marathons or like tell me what was your first marathon that you'd done and then did you do a few others after that yeah it was uh philly 2009 so november okay um and uh i made the goal of 330 I wanted to call I thought that was a good time. You know, I think 3.40 at the time was a qualifying time for me. And I was like, okay, 10 minutes gives me a cushion in case I screw it up and whatever. And um, Time for a bathroom break. And then- <laughs> yeah. And I ran 3.30 uh, somehow. And, um, I mean, I trained for it. But That's awesome. I think I think Boston was closed at that point. And it sold out or I don't know. I forget. So I couldn't register yet for that April. Um and then I was like, yeah, I, I wasn't, I don't know why. I wanted to qualify. I didn't necessarily want to run it because I wasn't sure I was going to run another marathon. And when I was done, I was like, yeah, one and done is good. And then I'm like walking home and I get home. And the next day I'm like, I'm definitely going to run another one. Um, and then I think the year after that, I signed up for maybe three more. And then it kind of snowballed and I would sign up for like 20 a year. <laughs> Tw- and she's not uh, joking. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
2013, it got a little out of hand, and I, I think I signed up. I think I ended up running 28 ultras or marathons. Wow. Which you know, whatever. That's not I'm not Mike Wardian or anything, but that's like a lot for someone who's working and doesn't really make that much money. Yeah. Uh, so you know, like I had two part time jobs and like, uh, I don't know that it was fun year, but um, like I did that series at five and five where uh, I forget who does it. Um, you run five marathons in five days, but they're all like these horrible out and backs or like little <laughs> loops. So I went to like yeah. South Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming, Nebraska, and um, Montana, <laughs> and ran out and backs so or tiny loops. But it was fun because you just make friends and you see everybody the same day. It's all the crazy people that run marathons like yeah. every weekend. No kidding. A lot of older yeah. people because they're retired and the they maniacs. Yeah. Can do that. Yeah. Yeah. It was like all. So have, have you people. done the every state marathon in uh -uh. every state? No. You know what? I was trying to because like I thought that was my cousin had that goal, and I was like, okay, I'll do that. Uh, and then I was like, mm, I don't think I want to focus on you know races I really want to do instead of just like, oh, there's this one mile loop in Ohio. I'm gonna go run. You know, so hey, don't talk smack about Ohio, okay? There's well, no, some, I mean, there's some really cool. exciting got... one mile loops there. Yeah, <laughs> no, I there's some good races there. I don't know, this is one loop race I could think of. Um, I was that one was last chance for Boston or something, yeah, you know, that one. It's like, yeah, it's pretty cold. Um, yeah, I, I, I've looked at that one. Um, I, I think my a marathon in every state goal lasted for maybe a week until I started looking at like 50 K's and I was like, Oh, mm -hmm. like, uh, I don't really care about that anymore. Yeah. Um, well, I'm counting ultras. So, I mean, like my run rabbit counts for Colorado or like, but whatever, I'll eventually finish it maybe, but I'm not like, that's not my focus. That's, um, that's not why I called you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, why are you getting interested, like, yeah, I'm just kind of going chronologically, like, why are you getting interested in longer distances? Like, what's appealing to you? Is it, like, internal, or are you are you just having fun, or, or like, what's what's appealing about that distance beyond a marathon? Well, uh, I mean, it's definitely an adventure. It's different every time. You never know what's going to happen, especially the longer and longer stuff, and that's what's more intriguing to me, like, um, not that I remember running, you know, or back to the Philly, my first marathon, like, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get past this wall everyone's talking about. And my longest training run was 20 miles. So I was like, what's it like to run past 20 miles? And I did that and, you know, I didn't hit a wall or anything, but you're like, whoa, like it's just uncharted territory. You don't know what's going to happen. How's your body going to feel? How are you going to react? And, you know, same with your first hundred miler or whatever distance um, and then beyond. And that's how like bigs was for me. I was like, there's so few, not unknowns because everything can be different, but, and you always con you encounter different problems. But for bigs, I was like, Oh, running, running two nights is going to be a new experience for me. Like, how am I going to react? Like, what am I going to do? And it was so exciting to me. Um, and I think that's why I like the longer and longer stuff too. And I mean, you're going to sign up for <laughs> three, 200 milers. So, like, beyond what you're doing is, like, you've run a 200-miler before, though, right? Yeah, Moab. Yeah, and so 240. So um, you kind of know, but then 
what is it like to run that many close together? And like, what, how will you treat recovery? I think, I think all those are cool. So you're joining too. me for the triple. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe one day. You, you know why I do long distance? And why? It's half your speed because I love the sense of adventure and exploring. Like, honestly, yeah. it's exactly the That's same true. reason. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Um, I'm, I'm not fast either. So like, I mean, I mean, not that I need to like place or win or anything. Um, but it's just more fun for me to challenge myself somewhere where I think I can do the best I can possibly do. And I don't know, I think I like training for longer stuff better and I like running longer stuff better. Um, five keys are really hard. (laughs) No, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm actually, sometimes I'm more nervous. Like I know I did one or two marathons over the past year or two and it, it hurts hitting the pavement that long. Yeah. Like, no, that, it's true. It's a little bit higher effort and yeah. Um, the start's more intense. So you're definitely more jittery before, even though like it doesn't make a difference. I'm more but like nervous. five Ks I get so nervous for, cause it's so intense that first, like, you know, quarter miles, like, uh, where am I going to end up? And like, how am I going to feel? Like, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm more nervous for my 10 miler this year than any, any other race. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, actually, actually recovery for the triple, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just amazed at, cause you've done so many different races. Like you had some really good success with some timed events. Um, tell me, tell me more about that. I mean, I want to mention States. I want to, I want to jump into like kind of what you're currently going after, but I mean, you've you've done some amazing feats, and it. Lot, I mean, let's just start with the twenty-four hour events. Like, how yeah. did you first hear about that? How did you figure out that you were good at endurance? Um, well, I didn't know if I was the first one I did. I was like, oh, I'm really good at this. But um, I, the first rate ultra I signed up for and knew about was a twenty-four hour in Philadelphia called the Twenty and Twenty-Four, uh, run by Back on My Feet. The the charity, um, there's a lot of different chapters in different, uh, cities people are probably familiar with, but, um, so it's an eight and a half mile loop, um, in, it's called, it's called the loop in Kelly drive in Philly around the art museum. And, um, it's in July in, in, in the, on the East coast. So it's usually brutally hot and really, really humid. And, um, I remember hearing, like seeing people, uh, running around looking miserable, um, during mileage is regular run because it's open, you know, anyone can go run there. And, um, I remember hearing about this woman, Sabrina, she was Sabrina Moran at the time, but her name's Sabrina Little now. A lot of people know her. Um, cause she held the American record for the 24 hour for a long time. And, um, I didn't know that actually. Yeah. She had it after Connie and then it was for a few years, I think until Katie broke it. Um, Anyway, yeah, and so um, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll make a hundred miles my goal, and so that's when I got, you know, I did try to do some research and it, nutrition is everything. Um, if you screw that up, it's just it was terrible. I was throwing up the whole time. I was sick after like a marathon, and then rallied sometime in the night to run a pretty good second half, but made it ninety-seven miles, and and I was like, oh my god, I have to try this again. I know I can get it. I just screwed up so much stuff. Um, so, you so that miss, was my you missed first 100 ultra miles by uh, nine, yeah, by three. And um, I assume you did the classic like puke and rally type situation. Yeah, but it was a long time. I was like, I didn't see how I could 
finish, I was just like, you know, keep going. But I had friends keeping me going and spoon feeding me soup. Um, so there you go. <laughs> Back to soup. Full circle. Chicken, chicken soup my mom had made. Um, I had, we had like this whole camp. There's like, so many people there. It was crazy. Um, and yeah, so I came back the second year. And I was like, okay, I'm going to run some shorter before this. So I ran a training run of 50 miles. It was like a 50-mile fat us on the same loop in April that year. And I did that. And then I came back and I ran 110 miles. Um, and that was good enough for fourth place because Sabrina like killed it that year. And I think she ran 136 wow. on that. And that's a lot on that loop because it's not conducive to a lot of miles because it's an eight and a half mile loop. But when you have like ever, however much time left, you can only make it from aid station to aid station and they're about two to three miles apart. So, you know, you, you have to, once you get to an aid station, you have to stop and it's not completely flat loop. Um, and it's July. So, but that's impressive. And, uh, I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, then I did like a trail hundred, um, kind of flat and did some other rate like ultras. Um, but I was this idea in the back of my head just to kind of run the qualifying mark for the 24 hour team. Again, like my Boston thing, I just thought it would be cool to qualify, not necessarily get on the team. Cause, um, I mean the qualifying mark as it stands now, isn't going to get you on the team. I mean, the team currently is a, it's sick. It's 151 yeah. miles. It's Pam Smith, and she's in the sixth spot. Like that's 151. That's, yes. Oh my that's gosh. That's the sixth spot. Like she's worried about getting knocked off. Like there's only a few people I think are capable of doing that. Um, and one's gonna run soon, but you know who knows? I, I mean, that's a pretty hard mark to beat. Everything has to go really right in your race to be able to do that. So um, that's how crazy it is now. And so I mean. To fast forward, I eventually ran this race called New Jersey one day and ran 142 miles, um, and that was good enough to get me a spot on the team. And then I went to Worlds. Um, and I think this sixth spot was uh, my friend Sky, and she ran 136 at the same race I did. So that puts it in perspective. That was 2015 team we qualified. So the 2019 team, your lowest marks 151 miles. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, that is totally nuts. I mean, yeah. I just want to run 100 miles in 24 hours or less, like just one time. Yeah, I mean, um, that's a good goal. And that's your goal at Biggs is really to run 100 miles in 24 hours, you know, every I, 24 hours. You I, just can't I want to do Biggs at some point. Um, so how is it flying out to Italy and, like, doing Worlds and having – I mean, it was crazy. country. I mean, it's kind of crazy, right? Yeah, it, it's – unbelievable and to be on a team with people you like only read about in magazines like connie gardner and tracy falbo i was like wow this is not real and um you know and then just to have them like supporting you out as you're running you're just like wow it it just it just like begs you to give your best self you know i train really hard for that um Sometimes I find it hard to duplicate the level of intensity and passion that I train for that, you know, because it's like your first thing. And, and, and I didn't miss one single workout for anything, except that I was really sick twice. I had like this horrible flu that turned into bronchitis and like I had to rest a couple days. But then and I think it was negative something that year. Some bad that, soup. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is like. 
flu, like coughing. And, and I had to run inside on the treadmill because it was so cold and that would trigger my cough. So I did so many treadmill miles. Um, but I did it all and it, it paid off. I, uh, I, I was throwing up during that race too. And, and they did give me soup. It was really salty broth. And that's yeah. all they would give me because they were trying to fix my electrolytes. Um, but soup, once again, all I mean, comes back to soup. Best, best soup ever, CCC. I, really? I, have to say. I bet. Yeah, because <laughs> each country had like their version and they like oh, tweaked no the way. recipes. It was yeah. running through the Swiss Alps for different soup tastings. Um. <laughs> soup tasting. <laughs> that should be a race with like a soup taste. People do like the wine races or wine and cheese, but you just yeah. run to different places and have soup. It they have it. It's called like UTMB, I think. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's what Zach Miller does it all the time, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um. He just throws the soup in his face and runs through the aid station. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so. I mean, that was, it sounded like we could have a whole podcast just on that experience alone. And that was amazing. What year was that that you? Uh, Worlds? Yeah. 2015. 2015. Yeah. So it seems like you rode that training block into 16. I'm trying to recall. Was was um, Georgia Death Race 16 or 17? Um, 2016. 16? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah. you blew that race out of the water. Um, well, yeah, I felt strong for it. There's, you know, I got I had a good competition with Jen Benna and Bethany Patterson, um, but I was happy with what I ran, yeah, for sure. And then actually, Sarah Warner is a girl who, um, she was killing it to 50k, and we were like, well, you know, we thought the three of us were fighting for second place. We're like. Oh, we're friends now, but we're battling for second place. Yeah. And, uh, but that was like her first longer race than 50 K and she ran a phenomenal race, um, and finished. And, uh, but, uh, Bethany and I passed her at a point. So yeah, I mean, it was a good race. I can't imagine Georgia death race being your first race beyond 50 K. Like, yeah, like that's, I mean, it's the, cause I'm, I'm running it this year is, and I'm going for a golden ticket, just like you. Um, you know, I'll probably be yeah. battling it out for second place. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> or 200th place. Um, <laughs> I mean, is is the elevation profile, like, is it really as difficult as everyone makes it out? Do you really have to carry a railroad spike? I mean, yeah, you what's do. the 101 on that race? And Yeah, um, honestly, like, yeah, it was hard, but I felt like I was adequately more than adequately prepared for it. So I never felt like I was like, Oh my God, I can't do this. Um, you know, you're always hiking up a hill and you feel like your heart rate's going up and you're like, okay, can I really do this? You know, but then you realize you're like, I'm going uphill and that's how it feels. But, um, I think, uh, just be smart. I mean, in the first part, because that is the harder part, the first 50 K is, so it is, it's hard. I remember doing a 50 K down there during my epic, 2013 crazy sign up for everything um (laughs) duncan ridge 50k it starts in um uh what do you call it vogel state park as well and it's run on some of the same trails and uh i was not trained for that i was just running um (laughs) and had my butt handed to me uh well that was the race i woke up and i had a swollen face something had bit me in the night and i looked like a muppet when i woke up like yeah and i ran anyway um 
which is probably not a good idea. Um, and because I think all my face has gone down a little bit. Yeah. I went to the volunteers and I was like, Hey, this is what I not normally what I look like. She's like, Oh yeah. I'm like, well, I'm going to run anyway, but, um, just letting you know. So maybe like, I don't know. And they're like, okay, we'll keep an eye on you. Well, by the time I had finished, I had spread hives to my whole body, but I didn't realize it until I got to my hotel because it was like dark when I finished. It took me like over nine hours to finish this 50K. Um, Yeah. So anyway, that was my experience with that park. So I knew how hard the trails were. Um, But then the second half of Georgia Death Race, I mean, obviously, they're really fun climbs. There's some Jeep roads and stuff, which I like. Um, And you know, if you still have the legs for it, that's where you can like really, really run. So, so do you have to carry the spike? I, I'm yeah, almost yeah, certain I've seen videos of that and whatnot. And like, uh-huh. if you don't have it on you at the end, like it's basically a DNF. And yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I had to hand it in to get like my non-rusty engraved spike. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, just like bring, I don't know, like a buff or something to wrap it in or whatever. So I'm you, like, I'm trying to do it. Um, do some training runs actually with a railroad spike just in my pack to like get comfortable with that idea. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, you have to carry a bunch of stuff. There's still required gear, right? Like you have a thermal and a waterproof jacket or something. Um, you can always wrap this stuff in there. Oh man, this is going to be just a four (laughs) or five pound pack at least. Yeah. It's pretty Um, heavy. Yeah. So, uh, I mean more gold, for you golden ticket this time and then states in 17 i mean how did that race feel for you i mean was was that like the ideal race for you oh uh well six 2016 was. 16 i'm sorry 2017 was the complete opposite of that <laughs> yeah um but yeah no uh i kind of had more confidence that i could place top 10 going into western states than i did that i that i would actually get a golden ticket <laughs> Um, cause I feel like, you know, just the longer the race, the more I can manage. Um, I just worked on heat cause I tend to throw up <laughs> when it's really hot. So I think I managed it really well. Um, and I took all the advice of everyone who's managed it well before me, like the cotton t-shirt that Pam did just ice everywhere. Um, and nutrition and, and, you know, obviously getting the quads ready for all the down- downhill and it and it paid off and it was good um it was really fun and bethany <laughs> she beat me again i was like ah oh, by like a smaller margin than she did a georgia death race and i was like i'm gonna get her one day <laughs> that's funny i mean so generally it seems like you your fitness just continued forward and i mean are you still like racing every weekend um, mm. into like the end of 17 and into 18? I don't know. No, no. I was definitely just focusing on that big A races. Um, and I'm trying to think what year, I guess I did Brazos Bend at the end of that year. Yeah. You crushed um, that. I mean, yeah. 14 I, I hours was, and 40, well, I was, I had, 47 yeah, minutes. I was 14. And, yeah. I think that's right. I was I had done it the year before, and again I was throwing up <laughs> in the last eighty four or at some point I don't know. And uh, so I was like, oh, I knew I left like room out there for for improvement. Um, 
So it was nice to nail that. Finally, I think everything takes me at least two tries. <laughs> you, you know, Maybe that's my Barkley formula. I just need two tries. <laughs> and Meltzer said the same thing last episode. I think he said third try. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's I'll, I'll really interesting. Three. Maybe I'll take six. <laughs> no. um, and how did it feel beating the guys? I mean, it's rare to have a female overall victory at, you know, an ultra. It's pretty amazing. Was I that... don't know. I was just so, I mean, it's loops, so you don't really know where you are. And um, uh, I was just focused on getting, you know, keeping my pace. And somebody told me I was winning at, some aid station and i was like okay thanks yeah i don't think there's any females in front of me and then she meant overall and i had no idea because like there's these guys in front of me there was at least three or four guys um but again it's a loop so you have no idea um and then i think maybe like second to last or last loop they were like you know you're winning overall and i was like i don't really care like (laughs) i mean i wanted to win but like i was trying to beat a certain time um, well, I was trying to beat Nicole's time, um, her fourteen twenty two from Rocky Raccoon, and then again I started like dry heaving at eighty six miles, um, and my pace slowed because I just couldn't keep nutrition down anymore. But I managed it, you know, whatever. I think I think I'm mixing up which one Brazos been, but whatever. No, that's whatever. fine. Lutes. I mean, you've done so many freaking races. How many ultras have you even done at this point? Do you know? Uh, I feel like I looked recently because I had a list, but it may be 80-ish. Wow. With, like, probably equal amount of marathons also? Well, marathons concluded. Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. It's probably 50-something ultras and 30-something marathons. Or maybe it's equal. I don't know. I mean... I haven't done a marathon in a really long time. The only time I do marathons now is, like, pacing for Achilles International as a guide. Yeah, that's <laughs> I don't awesome. really run one. So it seems like the 24-hour event is where you got a taste of running, like, beyond 100 miles. Is that Mm -hmm. pretty safe to say? And then do you even like 100-mile distances still? I mean, is that still, like, your... still one of my favorite distances. Okay. Um, It's, yeah, I love it. Because it's different every time. You never know what's going to happen. Anything can happen. (laughs) And, I mean, I'm just thinking... Was it? It was 2018, where you had you went after just some crazy races. I mean, you you figured out the secret handshake to get into um, all of Laz's events. <laughs> I mean, talk to well, me about Well, you only need Barclay. a secret handshake for one. I mean, you could just sign up for Biggs. <laughs> oh, Biggs is Biggs is on Ultra yeah. Sign Up or wherever. It is. Yeah, I okay. think the way he's doing it this year, though. He might have done it last year this way, but he'll hand select some people and then it's like random lottery for the rest or something just because it got really popular. But yeah, you can sign up on Ultra Sign Up. I mean, tell me about Barkley and and why you have such a passion for it. Um, well, I, I mean, it's one of those races I've heard about. I, you know, just doing internet research in 2011 for for all the craziness i thought it was about to you know happen for this 24-hour race i stumbled upon this website by matt mahoney um and it described barkley and it was so mysterious and like you know secretive it was pretty intriguing and the fact that no woman had ever finished i was like what how is it possible like i don't understand and you know i looked 
it just started researching it and I was like, wow, I'm like, I want to figure out how to get in this race. Um, but I didn't really know anyone. So I was like, whatever. Um, and you know, you're so at probably like by 2013, I was like, Oh yeah, maybe I can finish this race. And you're so naive at that point. Like you have no idea. And then after 2013, you know, in 2015, probably 2016, I realized there, there's no way I could finish that race. So I didn't even like bother. Um, and then I was given the information, you know, cause I, I, it started to come back into my head and I did Barkley fall classic. And I was like, I want to see what this is all about. And if I could probably finish this, like if I have a chance and I went out there and when I was running that loop, I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> so it's like back and forth, but, but I believe it's possible. Um, you know, it's definitely a project again. It's not like something, you know, you're just going to try one time and be like, nah, I didn't finish it. I probably can't. I'm not going to go back. Like if you're given an opportunity and you are driven to keep trying, like it's just a project. And I think that's what's fun. It's like a multi-tiered project. I mean, you had to build, I, I, there's some races I ran just to get experience for that or just because I thought it would look good. Um, if I did apply, uh, to Barkley. So, and you know, timed races, you definitely, if you do well in like a 24 hour or 48 hour, it definitely takes that into account. So and fast 100s, um, mountain races or whatever, but yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a lifetime thing. I think any Barkley finisher would tell you that. So I'm just taking their lead and like trying to, um, just go at this strategically and work smart and whatever. So I don't how, know. <laughs> how much of, how much of uh Barkley for you? Cause you've, you've been out there, um, is mental versus physical. Um, well, I can't really say, I mean, you had a weird you'd have to ask too. a finisher. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, I don't think I got to that part, part where I was like mentally hanging by a thread. Um, because you know, that first loop, you know, you're like, Oh, I just want to get in so I can get my second loop done. And obviously the weather is shit, but you don't really notice. Cause you're like, I had trained in, in that. Oops. I cursed. Sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, now I have to market it. No, no, <laughs> just get that fine. believer out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I, my, my 12 hour training run that I did up and down this one hill we call leg destroyer was exactly almost Barkley weather. So it was great. As long as you're dressed right, it's whatever. Um, and then that second loop, it was like, you know, the Lord of the Rings posse. <laughs> so it was like five of us, you know, and at a point we got to rat jaw and realized like, Jamil's like, this isn't happening. Um, we're not going to finish in time. So we were like, okay, uh, we're going to get it done though. And so, you know, I kind of, it was just like a learning thing and you're tired, but I mean, we're all together and you're not alone and hopelessly lost. So it probably wasn't the same experience that a lot of other people experience. I mean, getting to loop four and five, um, this is like uncharted for most people and will remain that way. But I mean, which brings me to a point, um, John Kelly's loop five, uh, 2016 page, his infamous, um, loop from where dreams go to die is for auction. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear about it. Yeah. So, uh, it was, so for, 
so before Biggs, I, I decided like, I'm going to uh, kind of try to create awareness and raise money for my friend Greg Armstrong's charity, Run for Water. Um, and because I was like, you know, this is a selfish sport. And it's, I thought like it would help me with motivation to kind of like, you know, at least kind of like doing this for a point. I don't know. Um, but so, you know, we ended up raising over $4,000 to run for water and they build wells for people who don't have running water. Um, and, um, so yeah, so I was like, okay, well I got to figure out a way to raise this last $900. Cause my goal was 5,000, um, so that they can go plan their, their next mission. I think they were going to Uganda or one of those places. Um, and yeah, so like people donated, it was super nice, um, really awesome. And I still got to get like, thank you emails out to all those people. Um, and then, so I thought, you know, an auction would be cool. Cause I know that somebody did it for snowdrop, um, a while back to raise money. And so I had different athletes get different items to sign and, um, we are auctioning them off and, um, and, uh, I, do you have a place to put links on your podcast? Um, yeah, yeah, I'll put it in the, sh- the show notes. I don't. Okay. My don't show notes are like one <laughs> sentence because not many people read them. But yeah, yeah. if you need Go a point, read the of, show notes, everyone. If you need a point of reference, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, so there's really crazy. It's really, I mean, so there's some really awesome stuff. Um, Amelia Boone donated a few pairs of glasses, and um, she has a signed trading card and a signed magazine. And um, Tracy Falbo is auctioning off her USA TF, um, team backpack. Um, we have a bunch of ultra running magazines signed by Sabrina Little, Rob Carr, um, Pam Smith, Pete Kostelnik. And then we also have, um, uh, John Kelly's loop five, his sole page that he grabbed <laughs> after stumbling up to what they call upper Kelly camp, taking a nap. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a picture my buddy Leon Lutz took of him with this thousand yard stare. Um, that's yeah. that's why what made me even more like want to do Barkley. It was like I want to see <laughs> if I can push past that. And like John did it the next year, he finished. So like this is his last incomplete loop before he finished Barkley. Um, so it's his bib and his page, and um, this item is not for the faint of heart because currently last I checked, it was going for $337. That's great though. That's Uh, raising a lot of money for charity. Yeah. It's awesome. So thank you to everyone who's bidding. Like, you know, you guys are crazy and also very charitable because, um, and, and I mean, it's a cool, cool piece of ultra running history for sure. Um, if you need anything for me, let me know. I might, I might be able to raise a, a, a dollar or, or maybe two or three, but maybe they um, can be on your podcast, the highest bidder. <laughs> I'd, I'd be happy with that. Honestly. Um, really? Yeah. Just keep me in the loop. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I, I watched, um, I think it was maybe Charlie, Charlie Engel, um, running on the sun, I think is the name of the yeah. movie. Yeah. I, was I remember that. Really, really touched. There was like, there's one moment in the movie where like the parents had to leave the kid alone or Maybe they came across a kid alone in the middle of the desert because they had to walk like 15 miles for water. And oh I just, my gosh. I just remember like, wow, like I need to help. Um, I need to help this cause at some point. Mm-hmm. And I that's wonder... what Greg does. He goes there. He he builds them himself. Like 
that's why I know that, I mean, I know him, he's a really good guy and a really good runner. Um, and you know, I know the money is hundred percent going to this, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I need to research the, um, the charity even more. Sorry, I I told you the wrong name of the movie. It's not Running on the Sun. That was It's um, Running the Sahara. Sahara. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Running on the Sun was one of the first running documentaries I saw and it's hard to find. I think you can watch it on YouTube now, but I remember that that lady piercing her blister in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um That's crazy, yeah. But yeah, I want to talk I want to, you know, close out here and I appreciate all your time. I want to talk more about uh bigs i mean how did you hear about this was this like you you had just done barkley and had you done bigs before barkley or like how no. did you yeah i done it was the same year i did barkley and then i remember you know i had heard of it and i'd heard of the format but you know i knew like Laz did a race like that um and then you know i wasn't really sure if that was like my cup of tea but you know I wanted multi-day experience and watching Guillaume and, and Harvey Lewis battle it out for like days. I was like, what is going on? I'm like, this is kind of cool. I want to see if I can like, you know, how my body reacts after I run in my mind after running for two days or whatever. So, you know, I was talking to different people chatting online, like as we're following and, and I was like, I'm going to sign up for this. So as soon as it registration went up, I signed up and got in. So um, it was a really valuable experience for sure. I mean, that second night, I know the second night's rough, like a first night's not that bad. Um, I can't imagine a third night, but hopefully I'll find out at either yeah, Barkley yeah. or Biggs. That's the worst night, honestly. Yeah. Um, and so and Biggs is hard because you know, like, all right, if you're in rough shape in a 200 miler, okay. Same with a 48 hour, you know, or multi-day running thing, you could take what Joe Fiji says is much, it's multi-day running is much more civilized because you can take an hour nap if you really need to and get, like Tracy, it just brought her back to life and she ran the American record for 48 hours. But Biggs, you only have, you have maybe 10 minutes and you're not going to sleep that whole 10 minutes. I mean, I don't know anyone except for maybe Johan who was out cold <laughs> and snoring for a full 10 minutes before they got back up. Um, I knew Courtney was barely sleeping, so. Yeah, like, that's insane. I mean, yeah. Uh, I think I had to have 45 minutes to like come back to life. So I would, yeah. I would have been out. Um, yeah. I mean, what did you learn about yourself going into that second night? Um, yeah, I realized like, I feel like I'm mentally strong, but, um, it's easy to lose sight of like your composure and your motivation when you're just so tired. My, my eyes were like dice in my head. That's like the best way I can describe it. They were just rolling around. I couldn't focus them on anything. And I was in like, it's not that I was in a lot of pain. I mean, I was, but like it's manageable. I couldn't move my legs. Like my IT band had just stiffened up. Mm -hmm. And instead of like just running forward and timing out, I was like, I can't do this. So I like kind of swerved back and forth thought about sitting down on the road and thinking about it for a while and then I just kind of like hobbled back to camp and like I was just like you know then later you think what what could have been or what uh, I mean I probably wouldn't have made it through the night but um I'm glad I have that experience in my mind because like if I do I did 
I had decided not to quit when I started, but it's hard to keep that goal in mind. And that was Johan's goal. And he had just made it. He said, it's easy. I just decided not to quit. And so, like, if you can just remember, there is no decision to make. You just keep running. But I forgot about that. Like, I was just so, you know, I don't know. I learned, you know, I'm not as tough as I think. And that sleep deprivation, yeah, is really hard. So I think just the more you do it, maybe, like, that, that helps. I don't know. So Were you hallucinating? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, I wasn't hallucinating complete thing like things that were completely not there yet, which like I've heard of people doing. But um, the trees look like origami jack o' lanterns, <laughs> and then there was like this arch. It was like an arch to a driveway that we passed on the road section. It's night road loop at night, out and back, and it looked like a big giant couch every time I ran by. It. Like huge <laughs> couch, and you know it's not real. It's just like okay. <laughs> yeah. It gets annoying after a while, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, too. And, and when you're by yourself, like, because I was starting to slow down, and I'd been running with Courtney the whole time. Um, I think that's another thing I might have screwed myself up. I had gotten so used to just running with Courtney um, that when I wasn't, I was like, I'm doing terrible. I'm the last person. At one point, me and Johan were the last people, and I was like, you know, he ended up winning. He didn't let that get in his head that he was the last person. That, you know, it didn't matter. You still have an hour to finish. Um, but that got to me. So next time I'll know, like, doesn't matter if you finish with 59 minutes. Like, just keep running. <laughs> so, and not to even, not to backtrack, but for Biggs, it's, I'm trying to recall, like, four miles, four point Yeah, four point one six 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 seven something. And you have one hour to do the loop. Yep. You just keep going. Yep. So, I mean, were you trying to do loops faster so you could get back and try to close your eyes? Or yeah, well, did it become a struggle part. just to yeah. finish? Yeah. Um, the second, I mean, the road loops were always faster. The first night we had, we were finishing in like 47 minutes as opposed to 51 to 53 minutes um, during the day. Um, but then, you know, that got in my head too. I was like, you're slowing down. You're not going to have any time to do anything when you get back. Um, you know, so yeah, night's a better time to be able to take care of yourself because you can run faster. Um, but you know, whatever, (laughs) It, it doesn't matter. I mean, some people's strategy, Harvey went 58 minutes for two and a half days when he ran with Guillaume. So everybody has a different strategy and then neither of them are wrong or right so it sounds awesome i yeah i hope to do it at some point but i mean it's just a really cool environment too it became so popular that i'll probably end up trying to get on like the five-year plan there well um, you have that 200 mile experience is really going to help you i think it i mean it must have helped courtney you know to just know because she's had so many uh experiences battling that sleep deprivation so yeah i think it definitely helped her knowing yeah yeah, there's definitely, like, a, a weird learning curve, um, like, going on to your third day. Yeah. So, Courtney's fast enough that she, I don't, I'm trying to recall how long she's actually run for in terms of, like, time on her feet. Um, yeah. She's so it, quick. Well, I mean, now, 60-something hours, 66 hours, 67 hours. Yeah. But before that, I don't think she ran longer than 
Well, Moab took her like 50-something, Yeah, right? 57, I think. Yeah, so that was the longest before. Yeah, it, I mean, the two complement each other. I mean, honestly, I was thinking, like, how you did bigs is, like, perfect training for, like, a Bigfoot or a Tahoe or a Moab, so. Yeah, I was thinking more of Barkley, because I see. That too. Um, What's weird is 60 hours after you do, like, the 240 is, like, oh, 60 hours, like, I'm not courting to Walter, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and hitting mile 201 in, in the aid station captain saying like you're actually like mentally the most with it of any person that i've seen which is like hmm like i wonder if i could navigate um barkley at some point but i need to figure out how to even get into that race to start with anyways um <laughs> so many pieces to it yeah um yeah what i like about your racing and how it's progressed over time is how you don't like the easy stuff like you're not signing up just to finish anything and it seems like the more meaningful races to you are like the ones that you have to just gut out to finish um yeah. like well i mean honestly a hard 50k would be really hard for me too <laughs> yeah no i yeah regardless of the distance um it seems like you don't like easy finishes like you you like the harder stuff um yeah the why things do I have that to really do that? push Everything your limits the hard way <laughs> Um, tell me, like, going forward, are you, what are your plans, like, for 2019, the ones you want to share? Um, well, um, I am moving in April, actually, to Durango, because I got a job with Tailwind. So I'm really excited about that. So my summer is going to be pretty chill, because I'm going to be living at 6,500 feet, uh, coming from sea level for my entire life. Um so me and Ryan and Titus will be out there by nice. May. They're going to come later. Um, and he's really, uh, my boyfriend's really into mountain biking. So that's like a pretty big place for mountain biking. So we're all excited. Um, so I'm going to kind of chill for the summer because I'm not trying to train for anything. Because I think it takes two to three months for a body to really, like, you know, I don't want to push it. Because um, I have a couple big things in the fall that I want to be ready for. And um, Plane 100 is another one. Um, that I signed up for because I wanted a, I needed a hard rock qualifier. And I think this is a good, this will be a good experience as well. Um, it's like a 30 hour cutoff, but it's self-supported, um, unmarked 100 miler in Washington. Some people say it's harder than hard rock, but I don't know. I guess we'll find out. There's not, I don't think altitude is a big factor, but, um, the navigation and just being self-supported is. And so that's my goal for September. And then uh, I have bigs in October. So hopefully those will be good training for each other or whatever. Um, so those are my two things I'm going to do for sure. Um, the plane, play by the plane is so, so amazing. Like I really? was really, yeah, I was looking at it um, for this year, but um, obviously changed direction on, on planning, but that looks hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously self-supported. Um yeah, I want. Yeah, I want to do. Yeah, I think I want to do the harder ones for Hard Rock because I want to be ready for that. And again, with the navigation, it'll be good training for you know finishing, trying to finish Barkley one day. Um, Is that but, your main goal? In yeah, run, in I'm running? gonna just. I'm just gonna plan my every year around that as long as I can, as long as I have the opportunity to. <laughs> 
um, until maybe I get too old and I'm like, okay, I barely make a lap now or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, hopefully, you know, I can piece it together. And Carl Meltzer's Formula Three tries, maybe I can do it in two tries. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, awesome. there's just so many factors, but um, yeah, I'm excited to explore Washington um, all alone. Yeah, I, it'll be I fun. Love it. Plane 100. I I've toyed with the idea of like going unsupported. I mean, relatively unsupported um, for the triple, just to be out there alone more and just like yeah, you know, dive deeper within myself to get through things. And um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do that or not. I feel like maybe I need to get the triple under my belt once to even toy with that idea. Yeah, I mean, that's probably, like, a safety issue, too, at the at a point. Um, yeah, once the snakes start popping Oh, God. Up, yeah. Uh, like, imagine snakes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's shift into quicker, just real quickly, like, what what shoe, well, what socks do you wear? Do you wear toe socks, no toe socks? No, I wear Drymax. Drymax. And yeah. what, what kind of shoes do you wear? Um, ultras, only. I've, I've gone, I've. I realized I found that first picture, a uh, picture on Facebook of the first pair of ultras I ever bought. Um, it's funny because they're those when they looked, they were like the orange carrot shoes that they had, the Lone Peaks. Yeah. I don't know what version it was. I bought them in San Antonio before Bandera. <laughs> um, and I'm looking at the Lone Peaks now and they're like completely different. Um, but they just work for my feet. I mean, the zero drop doesn't work for everybody, but I can't wear anything else. <laughs> Yeah, I've tried it's, different shoes. It's taken me like it took me probably a year of like alternating shoes to finally get into zero drop and now the extra toe room is like a must. Yeah. Do you wear ultras? Is that what you wear? Yeah, I, I wear those. I wear hokas. Um okay. I I intentionally alternate during long races, uh, to go from a zero drop to like I think hokas are like four degrees. Um mm-hmm just to try to mix up the muscle usage there, mm-hmm. but I, I don't even know if that worked or not. Yeah, it's hard to tell, but so, they work for my feet. Um, what, so, you know, I wear those. What model do you like? Um, well, right now, I love the new Timp. I don't know what number it is. I mean, the one that's one, out now. Yeah, 1.5. Um, yeah, yeah, 1.5. The first ones weren't that great for me. They're, he- um, they're heavy, but... They're nice. Yeah, well, I have narrow feet, and those lock my feet in really well. Um, but then also, I think the Lone Peak 4s um, work really well out here because it's been so muddy. And so I can lock those down really tight, too, and, and that the grip's really good, I think. Um, for, I mean, mud, sometimes at a point, mud is, you don't get any traction. But yeah, um, those two have been rotating. Yeah, no, I agree. Do you use any compression gear at all? Not during racing. I, it's okay. always caused me more problems than not. Same here. No, just I save it for times, after. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll wear calf sleeves. I mean, do you wear those at all, or is that? No. no. I mean, my coach is not a fan of them. She just she is all about the socks because you know you get the compression through your foot all the way up. Yeah. Um, but I've never found a pair of sleeves that are all that good either. But I like these. I don't even know what socks they are. A uh, pair of the these custom rugged running socks my coach michelle had made and i love them i don't know what what that brand they are I think crazy compression maybe maybe that's what they're called but um they're not too tight they're not too loose you know like it's perfect um 
I like those. So, but I only wear them after. Any spe- and, any specific vests that you like? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, I use Nathan. I used to work for Nathan, and um, uh, the I don't know. It's a there's a signature uh, vapor mag that they made. Um, what's, I don't know. What's that mag, wasn't what's mag stand for? Trying to mag, this out. Okay. Well, vape. So we the original first signature vest we came up with the vapor Howard vapor Crar named after Rob and Stephanie. Um, and <clears throat> then we had Zach in our office once and we were coming up with these light vests, super light weight, minimal vests. And we we're like, Oh, this is perfect for Zach. Like, how do you like it? So we had him test versions of it and we came up with vapor Zach and <laughs> my boss was like, we need a female to align with it. And I don't know, I wasn't keen on the idea at first, but then I was like, whatever. Um, you know, it's not going to be product suicide. He assured me. People don't care about the name. They just want the vest. And the vest is great. Um, so, yeah, it's super light. Um, two and a half liters storage capacity. But I fit a lot in there. Um, and that's made by Nathan. I used to work for them. Um, but they have some great vests. For, uh, Rob and Stephanie have another version coming out. <clears throat> and I'm trying to get my hands on one of those for some of the uh, upcoming adventures that I have. So Sweet. Yeah. I, if you don't get a hold of one, I mean, I don't know who else would get a hold of one. <laughs> I have connections. Uh, <laughs> so, what what kind of watch do you wear? Um, right now I'm wearing a Sunto. Okay. I got a. I had a Garmin for a long time, but it was like pretty buggy since I bought like got it. So I just dealt with it for years. But um, my buddy Patrick Sweeney gave me a sweet code, and I have a little customized customized Ambit Peak Three Sunto, and I don't know whatever cool. it's fine for me. Tim um, Tolfson is he the one that's always complaining about uh, <laughs> upload Strava issues? I think he I got his hands on a sweet Coros watch now that everyone has. Yeah, I haven't did you checked. get a free Coros watch yet? <laughs> no, no, not not yet. Um, I I've seen a lot of them. I know Sally Sally had a discount code out there. Um, yeah, everyone. no, I I just use a Garmin Phoenix Five, and I'm kind of. Mm-hmm just gonna make it last as long as possible um yeah 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 no, i know no watch companies reached out so it's fine well, with me of course um, they'll be reaching out soon <laughs> <laughs> um what what nutrition do you use like how do you how do you utilize nutrition for these super long runs that you're doing yeah so um obviously longer stuff i have to eat solid food um even though, like, I prefer not to. For 100 milers, I'll try to do liquids for as long as I can. And then I'll just let my body tell me when I'm hungry for something more than liquid. Um, but the main two things I use um, that have worked for me is Tailwind. Um, I've used that for four years. So I'm really – when I started applying for jobs um, after I left Nathan, I was like, I really want to work with a company where this the stuff that I use, especially because I want to stay in the same industry – um, and I've used Tailwind and, you know, cause I don't want to promote a product that I don't believe in or can't use, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. so, yeah. Tailwind's great. Um, and that's always worked. Um, and now I'm kind of concentrating besides calories on like salt intake. So that helps me keep it in balance. And, um, endurance tap is the other one and it's a, a maple syrup gel and it's maple syrup, sea salt and ginger. That's all that's in it. And it comes with this cool little screw top pack. So you can screw it back on so you could do half at a time, um, which is really helpful for me because sometimes I think I just need a little 
bits of calories at a time. Yeah. Um, and that's a Canadian company. There's, um, those are my two go-to things. And then I'll, I'll put different things in, you know, but I don't know, you know, soup. I do soup. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It always keeps coming back to the same state. Yeah. Um, when, when do you know, like you're dehydrated or overhydrated? Like, how do you physically, like, what clicks in your mind? Is it pretty much the same thing? Or is know, it I'll like just a... get nauseous or something, you know, and then I'll realize I got to f- figure out, am I doing too much salt? Am I doing not enough salt? Um, it's like the never-ending balancing game. I know. It's right? hard. It it's is really hard. hard. Um, you know, you can't tell. Like, you look at your fingers and they'll be fat, and you're like, that could mean either. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's not yeah. helpful. Um, or could I don't know. Just doing it a lot. Sometimes I kind of know, and sometimes I don't. So... So, like, uh, muscle, like, if you feel something cramping up or, like, inner calf is, like, twitching, which yeah. ha- happened, it's happened, like, maybe four or five times to me. Yeah. Is that, like, an indicator of anything specific or? Well, so, I mean, it could be, I always think, oh, when was the last time I took salt? Am I good on that? And usually yeah. I'm pretty good. So then other times I'm like, okay, it could just be fatigue or is I'll, like, do a body check. And be like, all right, is my stride okay? Maybe I'm compensating somewhere because that'll happen, you know, when your legs are just fatigued and you get weird cramping. Um, so I don't think it's always salt. No, I I agree. I mean, sometimes quad screaming or like just painful muscles for me is just like, hey, you need food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's as simple too. as that. Yeah. Uh-huh that helps like mentally too, you know, I'll know when I'm in like a super low spot, I'm like, Oh, I haven't eaten in over an hour. And so you'll just take in calories and like life is so much better. And you're like, Whoa, <laughs> when you're, when you're bonking and because you do such long races and I mean, you have so much experience hitting the wall probably a few times. Like, how do you, how do you come out of a bonk? Like, do you have a, okay, here's what I do first. And how long does it take you to get out of that zombie hike or whatever you find yourself within in those lows? Yeah, honestly, if I bonk, it's usually because I've been throwing up and I can't get calories in because I'm I'm pretty diligent and good at like keeping up with that. Like I know now, um, I feel like Zach Miller bonks in every race because he's just running so hard, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, he just maybe has to eat so much to keep up with it. So it's just constant. You know, bonk eat bonk eat but for me it's usually like i gotta get my stomach in check first and then slowly start getting calories back um but that's where the endurance tab helps because it's maple syrup and um you know like so you can kind of just sip it and like you don't even feel like you have to eat or swallow anything um and just let it absorb into your mouth (laughs) and that's like a quick boost of energy so like Um, the sugar like yeah going into your system essentially yeah Okay. Yeah, and then, you know, I mean, if you've had too much salt, you would avoid tailwind. But you know, oh just God. water, just I've water. Done too much sometimes. salt before. That's the worst. Yeah, yeah, they're both bad. I mean, yeah, they're dangerous too. Um, do you have any like special diet at all, or do you just eat whatever? I mean, no. Are you a <laughs> are you a Courtney D or? I mean, I don't know that I like candy as much as her. I don't think that's my thing. Nachos. I do like cereal. I'm not a big fan of nachos. My boyfriend likes nachos. Um, cereal. I'll, I'll eat them. I do like cereal. Um, 
but no, I mean, I eat anything. I try to eat healthy, you know, but I don't like stress it. Um, like if I want pizza, I'll get pizza. Um, you know, I don't eat a lot of meat, but, uh, I will eat meat. So I think, you know, it just helps. I did inside tracker, um, last year and obviously my iron was low, vitamin D, like that's a lot of ultra runners. Um, but I was like, you know, I'm just going to eat red meat (laughs) once in a while. It helps. And then pumpkin seeds is another one because um, the magnesium was low and that I kind of figured because I'll get speaking of cramps I'll just get them in the middle of the night in my calf um, so sometimes I'll take a cow mag uh, supplement um, like a liquid one mm-hmm. um, and that helps and that seems like when I'm like been training heavy and then kind of taper my legs go nuts so I don't know what that is but I think it's a magnesium imbalance or something I think that's like one of the most under like appreciated aspects of our sport is like someone who's just taking like a regular daily vitamin and like those all the numbers on the back of those bottles are designed for like your average american like not much exercise uh eating kind of crappy yeah (laughs) like i think if people um look more into vitamins they might actually have a lot more success with ultra running just throwing yeah. it out there, John Kelly is the one who really like got me thinking more about that. Um, really, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's also, um, you know, certain foods you can eat. I mean, that's why Inside Tracker was cool. It just showed you kind of like what to focus on. Um, you know, what kind of foods had what that you needed. So that's why I read meat. I mean, I knew. Red yeah. meat has more iron than anything, so it's vital. Um, and sometimes, like eating a ton of like beans and lentils isn't en- getting enough iron, so you just go for the big guns. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, my a multivitamin can help. I, th- I think. I mean, it's but, almost like an insurance policy. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, you're just gonna pee out what you don't need, right? <laughs> yeah, as long as it's like a high quality. Like, think about the sourcing of uh, yeah. what you're doing, because a lot of times. I don't know. I'm not a fan of cheap vitamins, so that's all I'm going to say there. Yeah. Um, watch that dope test will come up dirty after your triple <laughs> crown. <laughs> oh, man. I, I will be honored if I get drug tested after <laughs> any race. That's why, like, like, I don't know why anyone would be mad about being drug tested. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, for sure. they're like, are, are we going to waste uh, this $500 test on this guy who finished in, like, <laughs> 96th place uh clearly he's not on drugs (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah i need to at least make like the top 20 if i'm gonna (laughs) risk it doing doing whatever no yeah i'm kidding um so i mean let's just one last one or two quick last questions what do you think of ultra runner of the year in for 2018 i mean did you agree with most of the results i'm sure you saw you yeah can follow I mean, the we, we can debate two through ten as much as you want but i mean i agree i mean women's side i mean duh I, right. there was something wrong if courtney was an ultra runner of the year <laughs> yeah um i agree 100 percent um she's a great person too so i mean that's a great person to have as like a representative of the sport um and you know in uh yeah, gym again. I mean, that's kind of duh. I mean, did you um, did you agree with it? Because I know a lot of people thought Jeff Browning, yeah, had a excellent year, 
I mean, yeah, his true. state's I mean, yeah, performance. For the guys, I guess it could have gone. I would have been like, okay, with anyone. Um, like Jeff Browning, yeah, had a great year. So it's and again, it's like, how do you compare these? Like, okay, if we took age graded performances, Jeff Browning, right? Off the charts, um, yeah. And yeah, okay, and head to head, Jeff versus Jim in a hundred miler. Who knows? Like, that's the thing is, anything could happen. Um, but raw speed, Jim. I mean, how do you compare? It's so hard. It's, I'm like, almost don't like that like ultra runner of the year thing, but. Um, I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So the guys, I guess we can debate more. I, I don't think there's any debate on Ultra Runner of the Year on the female side. Um, Courtney D. Yeah. Yeah, she had an yeah. excellent year. Um, and so I'm trying to recall. I, I'm not going to blank on this last question. I mean, so you do, I mean, you've run probably longer than most people with Courtney. I mean, I know. I was like, do you look up what? to her? I mean, you guys are buds. Yeah. Uh, oh, duh. Well, it's funny. Uh, what was I asking her? I think it was, at, oh, when I did a 24 hour on a track at the dust till dawn or D three, whatever, it's a local track race, um, 24 hour here. And I was asking her advice on how, what she like, just different questions. I don't know what I asked her about, um, for this track race in May. And I did it after Barkley and, and um, it wasn't a great transition. It wasn't a great race for me, but she was like, hey, do you remember that, like, three or four years ago, four, no, three years ago, two years ago, it was me hitting you up for advice on the 24-hour race? And I was like, yeah, that's pretty laughable now. Wow. <laughs> I must have gave her some great advice. Uh, but, like, yeah, so that's pretty funny because um, she's, like, the best in the world now. Um, all from advice I probably gave her. And um, Of course. Yeah, but, no, you know what? She's she more never, than anything. She never gives you credit for that advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? She would be like thanking me in the academy. <laughs> um, but but uh, more than anything, I think it's her attitude that I try to aspire to. Like, she's just like, you know, I'll, I'm my own runner. I'm going to be, I have my own abilities, my own goals, or whatever. And, you know, you can't really compare your abilities to other one else. Like, I'm just going to make me nuts and I'll never be good enough, whatever, you know? So I have my own goals and, but her attitude is something I'm trying to like emulate a little bit and just be like more relaxed, um, have fun, choose races I love and like just have fun during and remember that. And like, I don't know, that's why I just signed up for bigs and that's why I made the schedule I did this year. Um, you know, she races a lot, but for me, that's going to stress me out. So I'm not going to do that. Um, and yeah, I think so. Yeah, sure. And it was really cool to run with her for 36 hours at bigs. Um, and the second night I slowed down and she kept running, um, the same. And so, you know, who she's like, I don't think I spent, I've ever spent 36 waking hours straight with anyone, like not even her husband. And like, I think probably the same for me. I don't, I don't know that I've spent that much time and we didn't talk really that much <laughs> for the 36 hours. Like in the beginning people chat, but we just ran and, um, there's no race on the planet that I would be able to keep up with Courtney for 36 hours. So, um, but it was cool to, to like watch her after I had quit and she kept going. Like, I mean, there's, there's no weaknesses there mentally. Like <laughs> she's just, she's just the like beast, you know? Yeah. I, I, 
I think you're going to have an excellent 2019, 2020, yeah. I think, <laughs> um, the way you're handling things, like you're not going after races because you want, you know, a top 10 ultra runner of the year award or anything like that. You're going after yeah. what you're passionate <laughs> about and watch out for Ma- Maggie. I mean, going into or moving to Colorado and having you, you know, actually living at altitude is it's going to be dangerous. I, I can see you um, having an excellent uh, upcoming year and I'm, I'm really excited for you. So last question, uh, Magatron, how did how did this nickname come up? Because I know the listener will kill me if I don't ask you. <laughs> um, well, it's my friend Colleen who I've known for like ten years, uh, and she. I, this is when I didn't have any ultra runner friends. I don't know. She just would always come up with ridiculous names for people. Um, but she said Magatron because I was like a robot. So I just <laughs> ran, didn't stop. That's really all it was, um, and then it just stuck. Uh, you are know. a robot, and I'm telling you, watch out, people. 2019, <laughs> 2020. I mean, you could really find yourself, um, you know, hitting strides. So I'm excited for you. Where can people yeah, follow so. you on on social media? Oh, on Instagram um, at Magatron Runs, and um, and uh, same on Twitter. I don't do much Twitter tweeting, twittering. <laughs> You need to start um, hitting up Twitter because you're hilarious. I'm a I, lurker on Twitter. I like following um, Amelia Boone and, and, and uh, Sabrina Little. I like yeah. their tweets. Yeah, they're uh, hilarious. Sabrina's hilarious too. <laughs> um, but yeah, and also check out my auction. Um, that's the charity auction for Run for Water because I'm going to add a couple new things today. I got some cool, fun, cheesy items to add. Some are really cool. Some are cheesy to add today and the auction ends at midnight on the 22nd so you have all of monday until midnight to bid check it out on items it's for charity (laughs) yeah no i support that a lot i i love the fact that you're doing that and can we really do a uh auction podcast uh yes yeah I'll, i'll give let's see here i will do uh 20 minutes um of whatever my next episode or an episode or two from now i yeah. will have i'll have um i'll auction that i don't yeah we'll probably have one bid it'll be from like my mom or something no uh, way You'd be surprised. <laughs> if we raise even a dollar for for that cause that's perfectly cool with me so exactly it'll be great yeah. uh, there's no shipping yeah. involved so it's like a hundred percent profit for born for water and uh, there's not a lot of items that are affordable at this point, so yeah, we'll, we'll do like... that, and and I'll have you on also with that person. Okay. It'll be okay. the the three of us. Oh, for... can I interview them? This will be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I if mean, you, you can you can help too. <laughs> you can invite another friend too if you want to have like uh, I don't know Courtney or whoever on. Um, they can request who to be on with them, and I'll try my best to get if, them on. If you that. have them, yeah, yeah, we can do it. So twenty minutes. Um, I'm excited. Maggie, thank you for taking so much time. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for interviewing me. And it's very early in the morning, by the way, everyone, that we recorded this. I'm very impressed with our we, ability to converse we, at such an early hour. It, it took some additional coffee to start forming words here. Uh, <laughs> if they only knew how early this was really recorded. <laughs> it's good training for ultras. Right? Exactly. All right. Thanks. See ya. Thanks, Rob.
And that's episode 74. Big thank you to Maggie for taking all that time. And just as a follow-up, we were kind of just throwing ideas around there at the end um, as we were recording so you can hear the kind of the genesis of the idea itself. But um, we went back and forth after the recording and, you know, she reached out to Mealy Boone and Courtney DeWalter, DeWalter, <laughs> and um, you will have the opportunity to check the show notes and I will put the links in there but you will have the opportunity to bid on being a co-host of this podcast with either Amelia Boone for one episode or Courtney DeWalter for an episode, along with Maggie joining us too as a a co-host. So you can hit them up with whatever questions you have, and, you know, all the money will go to charity. So it's going to help, I believe, build um, water wells in Africa. So it's it's a good cause. Um, It'll be a fun time. And uh, definitely check that out. So don't forget to enjoy your training, guys. Talk to you next week. Have a fun episode coming up for you. See ya. Bye. Big thank you to episode 74 sponsors, title sponsors here, Exoskin, Ultimate Direction, Destination Trail, and Hammer Nutrition. 